welcome to the uncanny link where physics meets metaphysics the podcast that can help you optimize your decision making skills in just under 30 minutes and i'm your host vashali nikade hello everybody and welcome this is vashali and today's episode is fine tuning reflects so it's all about getting the finer details and having an eye for expertise and identifying the grade and the level of expertise from a beginner to a maestro so let's get started have you ever seen what a rough diamond looks like and if you have not then you can just google it and look at google images and see what a rough diamond looks like if you come across a rough diamond for somebody who does not have the eye of an expert then they may just mistake it as a regular rock and discard it but if you are able to identify that it is indeed a rough diamond you can probably take it to an expert who knows how to cut diamonds and then another expert who knows how to put those diamonds in a ring so essentially you have something which is a rock or looks like a rock and have that cut and polished and encased in a ring and suddenly the price of that commodity went up a whole lot and for somebody who is just looking at it they can see the transition of a rough diamond being cut into a specific shape and then that diamond being put into a ring to have a diamond ring so the cost of the rough diamond and the cost of the diamond ring are going to be completely different things and even if you just take the ring out of the picture the cost of the cut and polished diamond is going to be significantly higher so the cost is just one aspect the second aspect is the time it takes how long did it take to cut the rough diamond and make it the shape you wanted it to be and besides that it is the tools every time you transition from one phase to another you will require a different set of tools so there'll be a different set of tools required to convert the rough diamond into something which removes its roughness and then the tools required to cut it and polish it and make it into a specific shape and diamonds actually come in a variety of shapes the common ones are like square princess cut round emerald cut oval marquee and so on and depending on the shape of the diamond they actually reflect light differently the round shape is known for its properties of reflecting light 
and the potential brightness. And some of the fancy diamond shapes like the princess cut, they are known for its flexibility in working in almost any kind of a ring. So depending on what or how you want to use the diamond, you can cut it and sort of channel it towards the right purpose. So why am I getting into a diamond lesson? The point is that there is a different amount of skill set and different set of tools needed in order to transition from one phase to another. And just like it works for the diamonds, it also works in a similar way with intuition. Lately, I've been going on a lot of podcasts and it almost seems like the same questions come up over and over again. And this is one of the reasons I chose to use this subject for the episode that I am doing right now. And one of the questions that comes up is the difference between an intuitive and a psychic. And I'll define both of them here and then I'll show you the difference in terms of its definition. So everybody is born psychic, everybody has psychic abilities and everyone has intuitive abilities. It's just a matter of getting in touch with them and being able to use them. It's just like people being born with two legs. Most of us are born with two legs. So everybody has the ability to walk and, or I wanna say most people, unless you have some sort of a physical problem with the legs. So most people have the ability to walk and then if you transition that to the next phase, then you can take that a notch higher and say that most people have the ability to run. Does that mean that everybody runs? Most likely not. It's just that they have the ability. And in order to use the ability, you have to exercise the muscle. So just in a similar way, we all have psychic and intuitive abilities. And in order to use these abilities, we have to exercise the muscle. And once we start exercising the muscle, then we kind of get a feel of what it's going to be like. Just like when you start running in the very beginning, if you've never run before, then you kind of get a feel of what it's going to be like. And then as you start running more and more, then you will realize more and more details of what is involved in running. And for a psychic or intuitive, it's going to work the same way that as you start using these abilities more and more, you will start going deeper and deeper into the subject and start discovering or learning a lot of minor details. So the first level would be something like being able to see energy and it would just be some sort of a color or some sort of a vague shape. And that is almost like being able to walk or just transitioning from 
walking to sort of starting to run or in the case of a diamond just removing the topmost layer of the rough diamond as you go deeper and deeper it is almost as though you can peel off the layers of energy and extract the information in terms of defining the information or what exactly the information is trying to tell or say. So think of it as having a rock or a piece of stone and then someone is just chipping away at it to create a face. Or in the case of a rough diamond, you are creating a shape. Or in the case of a psychic, you are defining a person. For instance, when I first started reading, a lot of the people who would come to me were looking for relationship readings. And in particular, they were curious to know what their future boyfriend or girlfriend would look like. So what I did is I came up with a reading called the future boyfriend reading or the future girlfriend reading. And what I would do is I would give them predictions of what the person would look like as in the physical features and what kind of profession they would have, how you would meet the person and the timing for meeting the person. And it turns out that that particular reading is still one of my best selling readings. So I have another website by my name. It's just my name, uh, vashalinikade.com. And um, I do readings for relationship and romance. And the future boyfriend reading in there is one of the readings which a lot of people have taken advantage of. And then I have a lot of them coming back to me and describing as to how the reading was and how it played out. For instance, I told someone that they would meet their future girlfriend in a closed space, which was dimly lit and very little room to move. And it ended up that he came back to me and said, yeah, it was really true. I actually met her in an elevator. So, this is one of the levels where you're peeling off the layers and then you're going into the definition. So the next level would be related to numbers and related to timing. And timing is the most difficult aspect of any divination method. It just so happens that I have studied Vedic astrology as well long time back. And even using that particular method, timing was, I found very little success in finding people who were accurately able to define and hone in on the timing. So when I first started doing these readings, you know, it was one of my projects to be able to nail down the timing or at least get close to it. And as I start refining my methods and as I start working on it more and more, it's almost like peeling the layers to be able to get to what it is that you are looking for. 
So I start getting more and more accuracy in the way I do the timings. And most of the people have this question of when, like when will this happen? When will that happen? When? So it always starts with when. And usually what happens is whenever you start with when, it becomes a little difficult and a little challenging to get the answer or you can get the answer, but it's a little broad and you need to refine it down to what exactly that number or time frame is going to be like. So it's just like asking for verification. I have an episode on the podcast called Combining Collective Intelligence. And in terms of the collective intelligence, what exactly or the way it would apply to timing is you need to collect three or four pieces of evidence. And if all of them point to the same direction, that's when you can actually come to the conclusion. But for somebody who's not looking for that kind of an accuracy, then I would just say that you can tweak the question and say, will it happen in this amount of time? Like, will this event happen by the end of the year? So this way it becomes a lot easier to be able to see that either the event happens or it does not. So that's just one way of verifying things. So the next level after that is the ability to shift the timing and shift the numbers. So if we look at it from a space perspective, I just want to go back a little bit so that I can put a little bit of a broader perspective on it. So think of the time before the GPS came into existence, which people used to look at the traffic and to time the number of minutes or hours it's going to take to get to the destination. And initially without the GPS, you know, it would just be like, oh, usually it takes me an hour to get there. Does that mean it's going to take me an hour today? Probably not, but I have a good idea of what it takes. So my average is going to be around there. But the average does not predict what's going to happen if there is an accident or if the roads are closed for some reason or if the exit is closed. And if you come across such a scenario, then your numbers are going to be off but you did not have any tool to see through all those things, to see if there's an accident, if the exit is closed or the roads are closed. Come the GPS and it has the ability to see through space and give you an accurate description of what's going on in present time. And because of that, you will switch your attitude in terms of getting to your destination. Say that the roads are closed or there's an accident and you're more likely to take a detour. But in order for you to do that, you have to realize that you need the ability to be able to look at it first and get the information. And in this particular example, it's your GPS that's giving you the information. 
So in terms of timing, what it means is that using different techniques of divination, you can actually see through the timing and you can actually predict that, yes, this event is going to happen in three months. But you need that ability first to be able to see that it's going to happen in three months. And then you can course correct, say, I want it to happen in one month. So now we are going to a higher level and we are saying that, oh, I want to shift the time and I want to shift the numbers. So just by knowing that it's going to happen in three months, I can figure out or I can ask as to what would it take for this to happen in one month? Is it even possible? Is there a shortcut? What is the workaround? So I'll give an example for numbers, not for timing per se, but more for numbers. And this is from a client who actually came to me and she was working on bidding for a contract. And her contract was for $225,000. And when she came to me, she was a little nervous and she said, I don't know what the right number is going to be. I think it's around this ballpark but I don't want to lose the contract for the numbers. So she was debating whether she should put it around 200,000 or go to 250, and she didn't want to lose the contract just for the dollar amount. So as I looked at it, I could see the number or numbers at which it was going to fall off in the sense that the bid was going to be too high that the other party was going to say no. So in this particular instance, I told her to bid around 250, 260. So she ended up bidding around 260 and she actually won the contract. So right then and there, because of using the ability to be able to see through numbers, she used my abilities to see through numbers, she was able to make a shift or she was able to course correct and in effect get a raise for around $35,000. However, every tool, so I could do this because I've been practicing it for a long time. Every tool, however, has its limitation and one tool by itself, no matter how brilliant it is, it cannot do the entire job. It requires the assistance from other tools. Or in the case of a question, one question by itself is not enough. It requires assistance from other questions. And this is one of the things I talked about in the episode, combining collective intelligence, where you need more than one piece of evidence in order to come to a conclusion. One question by itself will give you the information, but because you don't have the reference, because you don't have the proper context, the information is going to be incomplete. And I believe that I gave the example of me going to the trail for a hike or going up on the mountain and the park was closed because of fire danger. So the only message I had using my clear cognition was that don't go. And I did not look for another piece of evidence. So I ended up going and the parks were closed because of fire danger. 
So we need to combine collective evidence and verify that it is all pointing in the same direction. And the last point I wanted to make for today is regarding dictating the tools. As a client or as a person who's seeking help, you cannot dictate the tools. You have to let the maestro choose the tools. Can you imagine going to Africa and getting some rough diamonds and then going to a famous diamond cutter and telling him that, hey, listen, I got this batch of rough diamonds and these are my tools, which I also got recently and i'm looking for a round cut diamond can you use my tools to create this cut or to create this effect he's probably going to laugh at you and say listen i can do the job but i have to use my own tools because i know which tools work best there's going to be one particular set of tools which is going to help you create a round diamond and one particular set of tools which is going to help you create a princess cut diamond. So what you could end up telling is the kind of effect you are looking for and the kind of cut you are looking for and then he will say that I can do it and if you ask then he may tell you the tools that you are going to use or you can another example would be you go to a famous music player and tell him that hey I would like to hire you to play this song which I heard you playing last time and you played really really well but you have to use my guitar and what he's probably going to say is that your guitar probably costs like 10 cents or 10 bucks and over the course of my time i have learned how a guitar works and i have my own custom guitar and i can use my instrument to be able to play the song and create the effect i want so the moral of the story is to let him do his job and tell him that, hey, this is the kind of effect I'm looking for. So why am I getting into this? Because sometimes people come to me and ask me, how do you read? Can you just read using clairvoyance? Or can you just read using cards? Or can you just read using ABC? And while that can be a valid question from their end, the point is that I have perfected the use of tools that works best for me. So I cannot use the tools you are asking me to use. So quit asking me, how am I doing it? What am I using? Instead, focus on what kind of result are you trying to achieve? and if i can help you get to that result and a funny thing about this is that when i first started reading i would help the clients with their questions more than i would help them with the reading in the sense that i would spend more time framing the question 
because very early on I realized that the reading would be only as good as the question would be. And I'll probably do another episode for asking the right question. So the last point for today's episode is how much would you pay for a rough diamond versus a polished cut? So how much would you pay to someone who says that 225,000 doesn't feel right versus you can make a bid for 260,000? So this would be the difference between an intuitive and a psychic. An intuitive would probably tell you that 225,000 doesn't feel right. And they can give you that information and a psychic will be able to drill down and hone down on the finer details and give you the number that yes, go and bid it at 260,000 and this way you make 35 grand more. So I just want you to ponder over it a little bit in terms of the difference between someone who says that, oh, this is not the right number versus giving you more in-depth information. And again, we're just peeling off the layers to get to the right number. What is the difference? What it is that you are looking for? So lastly, if you are interested to work with me on any of your projects in terms of getting insight into the future, then you can go to the uncannylink.com and click the work with me button and choose the option that best suits you. So the homework for today is, um, it's a little different. If you have studied a particular subject or even a tool that you started using, you have to determine the level of expertise and kind of look at it from the point you got started to the point where you are today. And for the sake of um, this particular episode, I'm just going to use the Canva tool for drawing or Canva tool, which most people know it's canva.com, uh, which people use for drawing and making some graphics. So when you first started using Canva, how long did it take you? And how did your graphics turn out? And then as you started using it more and more, did you start finessing your skills? Did it reflect in your work? And how long does it take you to create the same amount of effects? And what kind of special effects do you create now versus when you were first starting out? And would you charge the same amount if somebody was going to ask you for help now versus when you were first starting out? So I'm going to leave you with these thoughts. And um, if you are interested to explore your business with me, click on the work with me button on the uncannylink.com. And I will see you next time. So have fun until then. And don't forget to leave your comments on the episode. Um, go to the uncannylink.com slash podcast and you will come across the right episode. And uh, I would love to see what kind of feedback, what kind of comments you have. And I look forward to meeting you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, 
overcast or wherever you get your podcast you can also get more information on my website theuncannylink.com